What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the, the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights and all the goods. So come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space and good eats. Big thanks to Produce Row Cafe for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. What's good, everybody? Welcome to volume 22 of I Dig Records, a Dan Cable Presents podcast coming at you once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes of I Dig Records coming at you every other Wednesday and your regular podcast programming, which is usually myself in conversation with an artist every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. This is incredibly helpful in propelling this thing into the tops of the iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility 
on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast in a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. If you are not listening on Apple, then just click like or follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening from. The podcast is available on Spotify. If that's your preferred listening place, I've also been releasing monthly playlists on the first of every month on Spotify. So I'll put those links in the episode notes along with the links for the Dan Cable Presents mugs and the Dan Cable Presents t-shirts that are available. And you will find all of the links for the sponsors and the Instagram handles for myself and my cousin Bobby, as well as his bands High Pulp and Sun King. Speaking of my cousin, my lovely co-host for this I Dig record series, he will be down spinning some jams, spinning some vinyl on July 25th at Produce Row Cafe from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. These are all free shows going on at Produce Row every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. and every Wednesday night from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So following that July 25th show on July 28th, It is my 36th birthday, and I'm throwing a party at Produce Row. My cousin will be doing a DJ set. I'll be doing one, as well as my dude DJ Sonday Blue will also be there. So that's from 6 to 10. That's a free event as well. And then August 1st at Produce Row, we've got Leah Huser and Lane Norberg, a couple singer-songwriters that day. And what else do we have coming up? August 4th. We got Spinach, formerly known as Smythe. He will be doing a DJ set at Produce Row. And August 8th, we've got Leah T from up here in Seattle, Washington, which is where I am currently recording this intro from. So lots of free shows going on at Produce Row every Wednesday, every Sunday. And then there's also been some dance parties going on there as well so check out the produce row calendar which can be found on the website again those links will be in the episode notes so stoked that i got to finally hang out with cuzzo in the flesh up here in seattle spent the last few days hanging around here with the family and whatnot and rob and i were able to knock out a couple podcasts so uh It was fun getting to finally just be in the same room with him recording one of these iDig Records volumes. We had a good time hanging, and uh, you can look forward to more conversation with my cousin coming at you this Friday. He will be the guest on episode 264 of the podcast. He and I, you know, took it down memory lane and talking about his music journey and whatnot that I've gotten to observe so closely over the last eight years since moving up to the Pacific Northwest. So that's coming at you Friday. Like I said, those regular episodes every other Friday, I dig records every other Wednesday. And uh, that's all the ramblings. We're going to jump into it. Volume 22 of I dig records this time around. We are talking about the 1986 release it's from a group called isabel antenna the record is called encavale let's do the damn thing i just want everybody to know that i dig records i dig records bro 
I dig records, bro. It's time to work. In real life. In real life, in the flesh. In real life. Finally. It's been... We've we've I mean, never the whole the whole reboot of yeah this. we've never done an episode in person I don't think we did ever did because I was in Minnesota yeah this might Even be the first ever I dig records IRL IDR IRL whoa it's today twenty two deep really volume twenty two and that's not even uh, accounting for the originals you know this is a reboot right right. And then the what the first that should be 14. for the Patreon for the Patreoners is that you can get access to the the old IDR. I mean, I think that that's a nice idea. Yeah, but, but you, I don't know where those are uh, really? even available. I, I I'd have to do some you take, digging. Would you take? Did you take them down? No. So we just so have to like check somewhere. on Potomatic yeah. somewhere to see where these exist if you want to search it out yourself and you don't want to fuck with this patreon that my cousin it's bob bullshit. is talking about yeah. then you, you go ahead a, and you do just you have a patreon uh no i'm starting one should be coming a uh, dan cable presents patreon coming at you in the next week or two i've been working on all the tiers and the platforms for that i don't know what person out there would want to hear more of my voice of on, shit. Yeah. on the regular probably and nobody. it could be very disappointing to me right but right. also if five people are down yeah that's then i'll cool. do it that's cool i'll do it i have my tiers set up i think i have a few things that are hopefully worth checking right. out right right and uh yeah we're looking right now um but oh, if you can find it out the there amazon bullshit you know what was it i dig records man ah yeah <laughs> controversial <laughs> Let's take that shit out. Welcome back. You're going to make me fucking log in? Yeah, I think it was I Dig Records Man. I believe we did, what, three? Where we uh, talked about a couple No, records. we did more than three. Really? I think we did like six. Because I feel like we, whatever we did, we would end up talking about a lot of different albums throughout the episode. Mm. It would never just be the two records that we had selected. But I think up until about volume 15 or 16 of this particular reboot, we were doing the two album right, deal. Right. And maybe Asia was the first yeah. episode we did where we just dedicated which has been, I think, much better. It's a lot better. I feel like it's uh it was a lot to try to, you know, do it all, like multiple records. And a lot of time they were like completely different vibes. Right. So it's like you know, just like it's better this way. Also, it makes it so it doesn't have to be like three fucking hours, you know? Or maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> I dig records, comma, man. That was how it was, right? I have no idea. All right. Well, we don't, we'll figure this one out. But, I mean, I still remember that. I remember doing we did the, the hip-hop one, and Tuan was like... That was where we... So, we talked about like Mick Jenkins... Isaiah, Isaiah Rashad. Yeah. We talked about that Action Bronson album. Blue Chips. Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful, yeah. yeah. We talked, uh, I don't know what else, but I know we did. I feel like the first episode we did was Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Right. We also talked about the Weatherbox American. <clears throat> American Art. Did we even the do cosmic American drama. Art? I don't, I don't remember that. I thought maybe we did the the newest record maybe even. 
Mm, flies in all directions. Yeah. That record's got some cool moments, man. I really like that record. But I remember doing those albums specifically, and we also did, you know, the hip-hop album? When we did the hip-hop episode, we talked about To Pimp a Butterfly because it had just come out. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because it was like 2015. But it's That's nice true. that it, uh, we were just talking about it before we st- we hit record, but this is also really nice to do it in person because usually not only are we recording in separate areas, we're listening to the album separately and probably in very different parts. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that's why 100%. there's the, the constant, yeah, if the, two, the 225 right. mark or whatever, right. where this is the actual first time where we get to listen in real time the to time. the music together on the same feed so we might not even listen to the record that, <laughs> that we're talking supposed to be talking i mean about. i would like to i would like to but when was the last time you listened to this wow this is so good this flies in all directions from weatherbox i like this record a lot is this also recording that yes and it's multi-tracking yes oh sick yeah so like you don't even have to like input the music like technically i would not have to cool this is just playing so everybody can just hear us listening to weatherbox right now everybody can hear us talking about weatherbox right now and uh, listening and to weatherbox not yeah. just talking about but listening to that's so cool weatherbox great band from san diego yes and these are two albums that are in my collection because of you this this particular one and what in american art and the reason that we found weatherbox was because we opened for them when nick and i were 17 maybe at uh ground zero in bellevue old converted church that is where i played my first show played a bunch of shows there um all ages venue wonderful teen center what was your band called at that time? Because it wasn't New Lungs yet, right? No, I think it was uh, Tundras. Yeah, I think we were called Tundras because we used to do 100 Meter Trees. And then we stopped doing that when we were like 16. And then... Dude, how good is this music? This shit's great, dude. I love I, I love the, the drumming on this record. The drumming's so cool. But anyway. we, we opened for Weatherbox and there was like literally no one there. It was like... It was like nobody. Like I mean, they were like they were like literally like us and like two other people, and like that's not an exaggeration. It was like four or five people, and uh, they were on tour. You know, it was just like that's the grind. Just like I've done that shit so many times too. Just played to fucking nobody. Yeah. Like you know, two thousand miles from home. <laughs> just like this. Like why am I doing this? You know, making no money. I loved all the line on on this track. The <clears throat> you heard that we're a good band, but you didn't, didn't hear, hear that from, from me. Us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah cool I mean, the time I saw them, they're so good. Live. Was the like the last tour that they did, and it was a very small room in Portland, and maybe there was thirty or forty people in there. Yeah, but they're so good live. Oh, so great. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know what didn't work. It's weird. Great songwriter, though. Totally. What's his name? Brian? Brian Warren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a trip of a dude. Yeah, dude. Very trippy. Met him a few times. And 
it's interesting too because like they were on a pretty big label for their first release they were on i think doghouse records it's like a big you know it's like a it's a big label but anyway we're here to talk about a much different record that you recently discovered yes and put me on it's a different record than this and we are talking about the 1986 album classic called En Cavale yes from Isabel or Isabella Antenna it's Isabel I believe that's what I, I Isabel thought. yeah it's not okay. Isabella Isabel 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 and talk to uh me about the discovery of this particular album um rachel rachel lime the ever wonderful inside voices records uh powerhouse your record label she is a powerhouse Um, one of your original artists yeah like she was like one of the first people i hit up um when we uh decided to do this record label and um she was just here for like the last like three weeks maybe not like recently she was here for like three weeks like six weeks ago so recently she was here and um she's like what have you been listening to and she was saying that she's been listening to a bunch of um shit like sort of like boogie and like disco and sort of like stuff like uh i don't know i'm trying to think like more it's it's, she was listening to a lot of like sort of classic like american like boogie and funk from the from the 80s you know um and then she made me a playlist because she was showing me a bunch of stuff that I thought was pretty pretty dope. And I was like, can you make me a playlist so I can find some of this stuff? And one of the songs that she put on it was uh, Seaside Weekend. And that was sort of a outlier as far as the rest of the playlist. Because like I said, like her, her playlist was like a lot more... I actually literally have it right here. Why am I thinking so hard? Uh, yeah, SOS Band. Uh, we'll put the link in the uh, episode, episode notes so you can check out this playlist. Sherelle, yeah, Evelyn King. Um, so, boom, and there it is. Seaside Weekend comes up. And out of everything, that was the one that, like, sort of grabbed me. Because at first I was like, is this, like, I was like, is this sort of, like, corny or is this tight? You know what I mean? Because it's, like... Hit seaside, especially like within the the midst of all this like boogie and funk stuff. Like this came on, and I was like, "This is just a whole different like flavor." So but even it from stuck the, out, even from the the actual playlist, this was a yeah a different vibe than yeah a lot of the stuff you're listening to. Because it's like you know Saturday Love, classic classic song, like. Dang, this is this is fire. I know nothing about this. I have this on my. I'll be playing this at Produce Row. So it's like you know, that's a vibe. Um, you know, get up off of your love. Also, a record I bought. I bought three records off of this playlist that she showed me. 
right? This is so much fun to get to do this it's so in much, person. It's so much easier. The... <laughs> it just allows us to have way easier, deeper conversations. Yeah. This is... Yes. Well, this this playlist link needs to go in the uh, right. episode notes right, for right, sure. Right, right, right. So it's like, you know, a bunch of stuff like that, right? Take your time, do it right, SOS band. Like, we're talking like boogie, dance, like a lot of high energy type stuff. And then... Yeah, hit them with the... Uh, then you go to Seaside Weekend and this is what comes on. And I was just like, oh, this is different. So I saved the record. I listened to it once. Listened to the song once. I really liked it. And uh, I then didn't listen to it for like two or three weeks. And then I listened to it again one time just because it was in my, in my shit to remember to listen to. Finally listened to it. And I was like, oh, my, this is the whole record is amazing. This whole record is a vibe. I was like, oh, is this like a, a single from a record? This is like that one song that's really good. It's like, no, this is just a really fucking good record. just perfect it's like this is you know i got this far in and i was like i need to listen to this whole record yeah i think the the title of this track is on point perfect like i when i was listening to this this particular track i was just thinking about how this would be perfect on some you know in some swanky venue oh or, yeah you know some bar on on the seaside, on the water you know? yeah man but i don't know yeah i don't know exactly what it is that i love about it it, fe- it feels like the, it's the whole thing though you know it wouldn't be as good to me without the vocal as just an instrumental oh, yeah. the vocals thing. Are, the vocals are so killing and the melody is so strong and also like the thing is, is like that drum pattern, you know, boom, 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 boom. That's like a bossa nova thing. It's like some Brazilian, uh, you know, sort of samba groove. And it's interesting because, I don't know, I just feel like you don't often hear that sort of samba vibe also mixed with this really like electronic sort of like there's like it's just like a really interesting combination of like samba and latin music and then also like electronic music and um just like pop songs yeah and stuff. i mean that's like kind of their thing right from at least from the research yeah. that i did it seems that they kind of were the pioneers and some of the uh, the early folks on what people would call like electro samba yep exactly that's what it says right here pioneer of bossa nova and samba inflected new jazz and electro pop and it's like yeah that's exactly what this is you know right like, and 
yeah, Antenna and this woman, Isabel, mm-hmm. were separate entities mm-hmm. and kind of came together to make this record, I guess. Was it just this record? I, th- I think there's there's more that, yeah, that came after this for sure. But I, I think maybe... I'm not sure if this was the first that they did together. Right. I, I think it is. I th- yeah, I believe uh, this is the, the first one, though. Oh, well, technically, we have a uh, an album that was released as Antenna. Right. Before so, this, yeah. Yeah. Camino del Sol. Okay. Where maybe she's featured a lot? I think, I mean, it shows up here. I don't know. But, yeah, this is great. Re- hey, great research we've done. Hey, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, actually, I don't know. I'm sure if I dug a little deeper, I could have found some stuff. But uh, she's definitely not that well known in a lot of circles i mean this shit on spotify only has thirty thousand plays as the most on any song you know it's like french record too like some french pop yeah so this is i mean there was a couple people i thought of when i was listening to this record a lot of people that would maybe enjoy it Mm -hmm. and neither knew who had ever heard of it but right right thought it was cool i'd never heard of it until you i'd never heard of turn me on turn me on so i don't i Ask Rachel how she found this shit. So my experience with the album is you you hit me with what we told the listeners these these three records to choose from. One of them being the uh, Omusungare. Yeah, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like it starts with an M. Musulu. Yeah, I want to say that. Killer, like spiritual world music yeah musulu yeah uh she's senegalese and some very very beautiful music i think i might have even like played some of it in the last episode really teased it a bit there as well but you sent me this and then you sent me the the uh the Griselda phenomenon. Oh yeah. Um, oh, why am I forgetting her name? Caesar. Thinking. Armani. Armani, Armani Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, she's sick. Gre- yeah. If you are into the Griselda stuff and you don't know about the Armani Caesar album, it's uh, definitely, definitely check that out. But so it was like three pretty wide vibes because like one of them is that you know West African like amazing sort of like yeah like expansive uh songwriting type stuff and then you have like super hard hitting rap and then you have this like whatever you want to call it (laughs) electro samba yeah jazz pop record it's a pretty progressive record genre wise yeah, and I think that's the thing. This like it puts it, it also like so it comes up on Spotify as 2009, which I think is interesting because when I first heard it, I thought it was from 2009. Uh, oh, you you had that experience this time. Yeah, I don't remember which album that but you that happened that, to me. Yeah, with the uh, the shard the shoddy pimp record. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought yeah, that that yeah. was like a. 2019 release or something like like that that's from like 1995 so you thought this is from 2009 yeah and i was like this is tight you know i was like this is this is unique this is really cool and then i you know 
once I learned, what do you say? It's 88? 86. 86? Yeah, that's like really crazy too. Like when you put it into that context and you realize that this is from 86. Um, See, I thought this was from like 1990 initially. That also would still be like impressive. It's like, this is like, I mean, this record is 30. What, how old are you? Right? I'm, you, I'm gonna be 36 next week. Yeah, so this is 36. Like, um, yeah, it's one year older than, than I. Younger. It's 80. Yes, right. Yeah, but you know. So, but my, the thing was is that, so I get these three three albums to choose from that, and, and all three of them I'm way interested in. Mm-hmm. And this was the one that I listened to last. Mm. And I listened to the first couple tracks or so and was like, hey, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I'm uh, not sure that I absolutely love it, but there seem to mm-hmm. keep being these moments right. in each tune that kind of, you know, get me stoked right. about music right. and, and what's happening and make me, uh, you know, feel feel the positivity. There's a, there's a lot of like upbeat, dancey, right. hooky shit going yeah, on. A lot of on at a party. A lot of good. cool, yeah, like ear candy and whatnot. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. They're just I I didn't I had no intention to listen to this record front to back mm-hmm. when I was just checking out what I wanted to listen to out of oh, these three. And then you just and I kept ended going. up listening okay. to the whole thing because yeah. every every track would somehow pull me in, but then I got to ten minutes. Ten minutes, yes. Okay. That was the song that made me decide that I would be listening to the whole record. Okay. Cool. When I first checked it out. But yeah, I just couldn't stop listening. So I wanted to, and and it seemed like it was uh it was one that was pretty far off pretty far off what do you mean um i don't know just as we as we talked about it it was a a record that like hadn't really like not not a lot of people maybe know about it not a lot of so i I wanted to uh do it for that reason Mm. as well just Mm -hmm. because i i thought i was like hearing something that was uh pretty incredible right right yeah i mean you have Seaside Weekend right before this. And then you go to this song. It's just like... It's a different vibe, but it also still is like on that beachfront energy, you know? The whole record feels feels like some like sunset music. Yeah. You know? Like this is... This bass line is Sample City. Especially the one that's like in the in the verse... That kicks things off. Yeah, the thing that's also interesting is she seemed to have a lot of success in Japan. And that, to me, makes a lot of sense because the first thing that I sort of like... Yeah, the bass line there is tight. Um, the first thing that sort of like I tapped into was like, oh, this feels to me like city pop. Like, this reminds me 100% of you know, all that city pop stuff that I also love. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because even just like looking through Wikipedia, there's like, she's doing a lot of stuff like, she was, 
In 87, so the year after this, she was voted Best International Female Singer at the Tokyo Music Festival. Uh, she played at the Tokyo Dome in between Earth, Wind & Fire and Cool in the Gang. It's like, it's like that's a pretty fucking big deal. Yeah, that's a, that's a good in like slot. 1987, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's just interesting that like it, it, it really like took off in Japan and like before I, I didn't even read that until recently but right away I was like oh this really feels like city pop you know and this is like kind of where this song takes off around the 225 mark where the full band comes in mm-hmm. there's some mean instrumental parts that, that follow up with this there's this percussion solo get the sort of the little piano solo where it's like flexing some jazz chops but not much but it was like these instrumental breaks right here that just made me want to keep listening to this album and see what what is yeah what's coming next the musicianship is obviously killing I will say, I think this record sounds good, but it's not a record I praise uh, the production like, with a number 10 for the sonic qualities of it. Uh, I don't. I mean, it feels like a record from the 80s, which I really like. Yeah, I, I, mean, I also like that. I just wish sometimes with the bass was like a little higher in the mix. Right. It leaves me, it leaves me wanting that. I don't, I don't like hate all the tones. I just kind of don't always enjoy where certain things are are hitting but like i think the keys sound really great right yeah and this came out you know it comes out 86 and some uh some really great albums like the genesis invisible touch comes out that that year you got this uh this life life's rich pageant from rem you got Metallica's Master of Puppets. There's like a really wide variety of shit that's on, you know. License to Ill was in 86. Yep. Wow. Peter Gabriel, so. But like, Life's check out the Rich albums Magic. that you're, you're browsing through, and I feel like the, the genres are pretty wide, even yeah. for that time, for what is maybe your 
things that are registering in the pop charts of some sort. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is a weird year for music. Talking Heads. Yeah, it's like sort of a crossroads. Sonic Youth, Bad Brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Prince put out a record. Springsteen. You just got a lot. You got a lot going on. So. Yeah, the '80s are just a weird, weird time musically. You know, like, and I feel like that's also why I appreciate. You know, you know everything else that's going on uh, around her at the time and them. And it's like, you know, obviously I can't really think of too much stuff that sounds like this. Yeah. And if anybody can, please, you know, tell me what it is. I'd love to find more. Uh, But yeah, the only thing that I can really feel like confidently saying that this reminds me of is, is city pop stuff. And like, what would be another example of of some city pop music? Like, when um, you think about artists. Give me, give me a sec here, and I'll find this record I love. I just forget the name. And um, also, while you're while you're bringing that up, I'd love mm-hmm. to just yeah, like, what are you? What were your thoughts? Because this stood out in this playlist that Rachel makes for you. So, right. what were your first? impressions when you went to go and listen to this front to back and check out all the tunes on the record i don't know just i think was the the melodic stuff um the the ability that the record just sort of like taps into different feels and vibes but it's also really coherent like like the whole thing feels like a sunset you know um mm. it's a good way to is that's yeah, a good way to put like, it yeah it's just a vibe i don't know it's like hard to put my finger on it because there's probably a lot of stuff that's like adjacent to this that i also like really wouldn't love you know um but it didn't it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like canned and predictable but it also does feel really familiar you know and that's like sort of a tough line i feel like to to straddle you know yeah so this is like a song by uh tatsuro yamashita called love talking like this feels this feels like that you know Yeah, so it's like, you know, and that's an example of some city pop stuff uh, that I, I see how you uh, kind of register. Yeah, it just sort of like felt like that, you know. This is a little bit more like boogie, but like the vocals feel oh, yeah. like you know some some stuff that they're doing. What's this? This right here is Tomoko Aran. Hitonatsuno uh, Tape Sutori. I have no idea what that means. Uh, but that's the song. Now put on B Pop from this Enkavali record that we're talking about. 
Right. Because I think this exactly. is that's that vibe. Yeah. When I when I saw this term electro samba mm-hmm. that they seem to be influential in creating and whatnot, I feel like this song like really embodies that kind of vibe to me. The bass player, dude. Who is this bass player? Some motherfucker. It's a vibe. Right. Like the hook on this song? Some like talking heads vibes too, you know? Like Yeah. Some like Tom Tom Club vibes. Yeah, because there's you know, these weird spacey elements, but there's also this hooky This is the ear candy. It's, it's like how do you not listen to this? And then yeah. not have this in your ear when you're And just like Well it's just also like moving. it's like it's it feels good, but also that's really unpredictable. Like that hook is like not what. It's not what a, this is. You don't think it's going. Yeah, there you put a hundred people and tell them to write a hook, and none of them are gonna write that melody and rhythm. Like that's just like pretty. Yeah, just the way these these vocals play off each yeah, other. Exactly. breakdown with the strings so i think the strings are dope but like i don't know you think they're dope or they're dumb i think they're cool right but they also feel like very dated for that time i feel like the recording of these they right i don't know they feel like they were made for a compact disc yeah (laughs) like to really you know you mean the sound of them yeah to like tap into the the capacity of some incredible stereo system for a CD. I mean, yeah, they definitely feel like almost like MIDI, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop listening. Yeah, man. I mean, the back, the whole back half of this record is uh, like maybe better than the front. And the front is like amazing. Everything from 10 minutes on, I think absolutely just 10 kills, minutes dude. on oh 10 minutes the song yeah uh but do you not think seaside weekend is amazing oh great great tune yeah, as well yeah and easy street this is the one actually that uh really felt to me like some city pop this is the second song on the record Yeah, man. The guitar, the acoustic guitar in there. I have in my notes that this is the jam that I want to like cruise through the city <laughs> yeah. at night, you know? Whether right. it's in a car, you know, on a bicycle, right, right. walking right. around with just like a group of people. 100%. And then again, like pretty unique transition to that verse. Like that's like not a predictable way. But it works. It's, and, and that's it's, what's really important yeah. about it. That's what makes it stick out from a bunch of other records that people might say, oh, you, you like that? Check out this. It's like, well, does it have these aspects of it? Yeah. Like the tr- the, the unpredictability. Because it's like, yeah, otherwise it's just really good like pop music. But it's like, 
there's this uniqueness that actually reminds me of like Stereolab sort of mm. in the in the choices that they make. You know what I mean? Um, another French band. Yeah, I I just uh, yeah I think you're right about the that section for sure though. Of, you know the choice that they make there. Yeah, when it goes back to the verse, like because the I here. think you know kicking this song off, I thought I thought it was cool. Yeah. But when it opens up into that part, that's another one of those moments where yeah. I just can't turn it off. Yeah, I got this record. It was like 40 bucks. It's it's really it was cheap. It just you can only get it in Europe. Yeah, it's this, really great. This transition again, man. Bass So much momentum in this song. And the keys, just those little moments. I do think the the feel on the keys on the whole album is really amazing, I think. And I think that's a big part of the quote-unquote samba, you know, bossa thing that they're quoting about, like... That yeah, additional like, percussion. Yeah, and this is like the second song on the record, and you're just sort of like, cool, this is going to feel, this is going to be a good feeling record. And then they keep on doing like interesting choices, and that's the thing that for me. Yeah, I think a lot of this album feels like a soundtrack to me mm-hmm. in the best of ways. Yeah. And it's not like, I feel like you can put the songs in any order on this record. And it's going to be amazing. I don't think the, the order matters too much. Yeah, it's like, not one of the ones that were, you know. It's not like sequence heavy. Like that's the whole thing about it. Yeah, know? there's not a lot of, if any, seamless transitions. No, it's and, a collection it's, of songs. There's, there's absolutely no reason, right, for it because right. it's just, uh, it's just amazing. Without it, and it, I have no reservations about this album the same way I do with some of the vocal moments still with the stereo lab stuff for as mm-hmm. much as i fell in love with that album over mm-hmm. time so i love still her like her vocal delivery on this right. record and some of the some of the attitude like on magic words mm-hmm. the vocal melody on on this one mm-hmm. is so good but i feel like it's a lot of uh there's so much attitude up front. Right. Even in the opening of the song. Yeah, I mean. Like when she hits the verse. And like that transition. Yeah, this feels like some like uh, like Whitney Houston or something, you know? I think the more I listen to this album too, I just realize, like, especially with a horn moment like that, right. that I'm coming to this record for the reasons that I love Phil Collins' records. Right, right. And it's a lot of it has to do with the horns, because right. the horns are also killing. It's not like the entire mix that I don't care for. I just feel like some of it mm-hmm. feels a little out of place to me, or like just, just not quite as. Uh, doesn't quite have as much feel like those string sessions listen to that shit to the keys that like 
that keys like synth right here. And it's like <laughs> some Star Wars shit. Some dancing. Yeah, it's like that's a really cool like synth. These rhythms too. Right. Like that bass that bass part right here? Mm -hmm. is Yeah, this song is amazing. Yeah, the compositions are like if if you're an aspiring like pop songwriter, like you should study the shit out of this record because it somehow manages to simultaneously be poppy and appealing. Like you could put this on at any barbecue and everybody's fine. Any age, any 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 vibe, like whatever. Like not only are they fine, people are there's going to be, be people like, that will this? dance. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like it has that appeal and then also it uh has all this like really interesting, you know, musical things if you're like, you know, a musician or you want to tap into some of the mm. composition and the weird turns, it's like got a lot of value that way too. It's the Steely Dan effect. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of like what we talked about with Asia. Exactly. It's for the heads, but it's also right. for the casual right. music listener that just wants to to vibe with something. Right. Amazing. I I think uh Yeah, Booby Trap is maybe the song that I maybe care least, least for. For, but it's the and song it's still you hate. No, I don't even hate it. I think it's another another solid track. Oh, dude. How can you hate this song? I don't hate this song. You said you hate it. I just don't love the lyrics on this track. Is my is my big issue. You said you hate it. <laughs> I, I feel like it's too, like, Roger Rabbity to yeah, me. Yeah, I hear that. There is a cool... Um, if, you, if you bring this about two minutes in, mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of the songs that, on the record, that goes a little out, though. Which there's not a lot of moments that go too far out, and I feel like it does somewhere around this section. You get that deep overtone. Yeah, you got the sort of like tune bow thing going on the keys. A little bit. What? Kind of makes you uncomfortable. A little, like gives you. A yeah, yeah, it's tension. a little bit of a bad trip. But then it slips into this. And it's just like, oh, what the. Right, like this is cool. Again, cool composing. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I mean, it's like the drumming, is and so it's like good. this is a three-minute song. You know, it's like it's like as far as like I, I I do understand the Roger Rabbit thing, but like I wouldn't skip this at a party. Still, I would know? not skip it either. Yeah. Well, you just said you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when you put words in my uh, mouth. Yeah. Um, Life is too short would maybe be actually my bigger criticism, and it's because they have like those wild animal sounds going on in the background, and yeah. I feel like maybe that's uh, like I don't love it, but maybe just I'm I'm trying to remember because it seems a little cheesy. But I'm just trying to remember that it's 1986, right? And, and this is maybe pretty experimental at this time. To 
Don't love that. Yeah. It's not so aggressive, though, where it takes me out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's definitely not. Like, if I'm in the studio, I'm like, no. But I, just feel I think like as a listener, I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's pretty present, though. Yeah. Like, it's true. consistent. I just think in general, this tune is like, eh. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's like, whatever. I feel like this is the one for me. I'm just yeah. like, ah. We're at the end of the record, you know. Aside from that little moment lyrically with with Booby Trap, I would say "Life Is Too Short" is maybe my my skipped track. If I if I right. had to skip one, right. gun to your head, and they say skip a track. What like stands out to you though? Because I I feel like the on this the record? last couple songs are just the maybe some of the biggest bangers on the record yeah the record just ends like with a bunch of bangers i mean for me i think the seaside weekend is probably my favorite song on this on this record what a cool song yeah it's just like i love the the samba drums going the whole time the bossa nova vibe um but yeah don't think about it and time to work are also like pretty pretty wonderful Yeah, just like so much sample ability on this record. Let's see if this has been sampled before. Like if you could only pick one or two songs to put in a DJ set, it would be so hard Yeah, to pick one. But these last two tracks just feel like they have the undeniable... Thing that if you put it on people are going to dance yeah wow uh who sampled only says this was covered once it hasn't been sampled none of this record this is this it's is all your mine new mission. nobody take it this is your mission i'm calling it right now you should do a whole record yeah that'd be cool that would be tight yeah that a little bit of this feels a little Disney, like this chord. It's a little okay, Disney, yep, yep. you know. But that's what I mean. I feel like that's that's almost like a mix thing. Yeah, I think it's a mix thing, but it's also but like it's where it's going, yeah. like yeah. harmonically. I but I mean, that's part of the stuff that actually also reminds me of like Phil Collins type shit or Paul Simon. But also, we're 1986. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's like one of the things that I sometimes have a hard time with cats like. Paul Simon you know what I mean it's like it's like those kind of choices recur what's a bright thing it's like a I don't know it's a bright feeling thing yeah exactly it's just like it's just really major sort of like here's here's the fucking you know here's where it wants to go and we're just gonna let it go there Yeah, I mean, this is definitely like an extrovert experience listening to this record. Like, every song is, like, pretty up, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, like, it's it's sativa music, you know? It's not the indica music. No. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's still, 
for me it's still like great to sit down and definitely listen to it in headphones and totally enjoy it that way but but it's like a it's like a cooking dinner or like a road trip or yep. that kind of vibe the, the hang just yeah. the barbecue yeah yeah exactly we listened to this like three or four times in the car just like because it was just on and i was just always like yeah all right whatever like you know it was like repeating or whatever <laughs> my car would just like turn it on or whatever and i was like all right, i'm not mad about it like we'll listen to this record again for the fourth time in you know five days is there uh do we know who produced this record is there someone outside of the band that because it doesn't seem like you know there's again this is this is kind of one off the radar and not anything that's notable i feel like in in the pop world and at least in america right not really a part of the conversation produced by martin haley's hales haley's 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 so i don't know i don't know man i wonder how many people around this era were spinning this record at clubs and things like that or playing this you know in their dj sets so this uh producer also produced for van morrison daryl hall from holland okay uh billy bragg yeah so some names you know but also like yeah not not a ton Oh, holy shit. The Easy Street is a cover? That's no a, way. That's what a, do we got? It's a Sister Sledge song. Do you know Sister Sledge? I know the name. I'm not... I couldn't... You'd have to tell me what, like, their hit is. They did, um... They did We Are Family, I think. Or okay. Or that Chic? It's, it's all Nile Rodgers shit. Uh, yeah, they did We Are Family. They also did, like... So, again, so this really makes a lot of sense, too. Um like thinking of you this song it's one of my favorite songs uh definitely in the dj sets sister sledge sister sledge so uh nile rogers guitar player from chic um like produced all this shit like wrote a lot of these songs uh he's the dude that also wrote like get lucky like with Daft Punk. Oh, okay. Like so he he's just like like Nile Rogers is like hit machine. Hit machine and this <laughs> like chicken scratch guitar is like his signature thing. Yeah, fire. Man, fire. That's such a impressive thing that like It's what? Nile what's his name? Niles? Nile Nile Rogers. I I'm just always like blown away by these people like 
Nile Rodgers, yeah. who are the hit machine. Yeah. You know, there's such an art to that yeah. shit. You know, like the, the people that make certain records just to try I to mean, make hits. It's like it's like Pharrell. You know what I mean? Like, it's like just like yeah like you're just tapped into some machine yeah yeah so like and i was lucky enough to see um now rogers uh at the showbox when i worked there i worked there for like two months and one of the shows that he was there uh he played that i was working and it was fucking crazy it was so good because he like wound up having like uh some like health issues and um like almost died and like god he like and he just was killing it on the stage and the drummer that he was with used to play with prince and it was just like this just it was like a fucking clinic as far as like and those were like the early days of high pulp and i was like very inspired because like we were playing more like sort of funky stuff back then and less sort of like you know sort of weird jazz stuff and like he just like I was just so inspired just hearing that band. The drummer was doing like the same thing every song, but it felt so good. Never got old. It was always like fresh. So now Rogers, uh, he wrote, um, I mean, he wrote, we are family. Uh, I'm coming out by Diana Ross. That was sampled in the, you know, mo many more problems. Uh, he produced shit for Bowie. He produced like a virgin, um yeah i mean just like you know he did he did get lucky like and again like if i show you this you can like hear that it's uh here's his version of it at the north sea jazz festival so it's like now that you know it's nile rogers you can totally hear it. The chicken scratch guitar again. So. That's so cool, though, that Easy Street is a Sister Sledge song. Yeah, we gotta hear this, this version of Easy Street. That Nile Rogers. uh produced fire see you hear the guitar Supreme's vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think I think Annabelle's approach vocally makes this verse even more interesting, maybe. Yeah. In some ways. Like, I think this is great. This is cool. But I, I love that the attitude that right annabelle brings to it in her delivery i think really kind of changes the vibe right 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 
but it's also like a choice in the in the vocal filter on the recording too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super cool. That's so. That's this is so a good cool. find, man. Shout out to Rachel. Lime. Shout out to Rachel. Check out her record. Available on all of the streaming services. Yes, and she said that she can't remember whether a friend recommended this record or if Spotify recommended this record. Which really, man, we should all be getting off Spotify. God damn it, they're just fucking, they're fucking some shit up, man. Like, not they're paying so little to the to the musicians. Like, yeah. you can go low key. Uh, uh, is it is it Napster? Napster pays like hella. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to make amends for some things. (laughs) Let me ask you about how you feel about this then. Yeah. This idea that the positive thing, even though it is such a low amount. About Spotify, that people can do their thing? No, the positive thing being this idea that you're going to keep getting paid on this particular thing by the same person over and over i think that's cool it should just be more that's the point i'm not i don't disagree with you right it was and i i'm not uh you know supporting right the the model of like what's getting paid uh just uh i had someone bring up it was the dude from distro kid was Mm -hmm. talking to me about uh just kind of that angle of things it was the first time i ever like ever thought about anything really positive about the thing is that like i'm going to maybe like buy this record from the store for twenty dollars right right and then i'm like that's my contribution to that band but if i continue to listen to their album like twice a week or something or just like continuous overtime it won't be more than if you bought the record it will it will not be no like literally uh Spotify pays uh, however much. Uh, let me see real quick. Yeah, I know it's like a, a very, very low amount. Spotify pays 0.006 pennies per stream. Yes. So that is um, not much. <laughs> not <laughs> that much is less. That is less than, like, that's a sixth of a, of a percent. Like... Wait, no, it's a sixth. Uh, it's like, it's like, it's like so little. Yeah. It, it's like, it's not, it's not like 6% of a penny. Right. It's, it's like a whole zero less than that. Yes. So like you would need to like listen to the shit like thousands of times to equal like 20 bucks, you know? Um, so, you know, it's just like, they, I just saw him in the news like last week. There, like somebody that worked there said that like musicians are being greedy by asking for a penny per stream, you know? Spotify? Yeah. Not a good look. Bad look, you yeah. fucking fucks. It just, I mean, they have such a monopoly on the thing that I feel like. Yeah, they do. And that's what's sort of unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I'm out here using it too. You know, it's like, for me, it's a tool. Like, but I just like, I don't know. It's like. Yeah, I should I should probably stop using it, but it's like you know, Apple Music pays a little more. It's just everybody's just like 
That's why you need some regulation in that shit. Like, otherwise, it's just like, like, what the fuck? Right. I'm trying to get a house in LA right now, and they want to see, they want to see three times the monthly rent right. and income. Right. Yeah. So if I'm living at a spot with four people or whatever, and that's like a three, four thousand dollar spot, they want to see me making twelve G's a month. They don't give a fuck about your Spotify plays. No. I'm like, hey, I have a band. And they're like, fuck you. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. So, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know. It's like, the only way to make money is playing shows. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I feel bad for like, you know, older older players that like, don't want to tour anymore or have a family. You know what I mean? Or like, the road is hard, you know, and it's like, well, if you were able to make money in your in your thirties and forties, but now you're fucking sixty, it's like you don't want to keep living on the road, right? Because you, but you have to, you know, make some money somehow. So, well, I was just curious how you felt about that <clears throat> that thought, and uh, I understand. Yeah, I the feel frustrations because like, I think it's like it's it's pretty fucking. I mean, ridiculous. It's just like, dude, I remember like when like iTunes was a thing and you had to pay a dollar a song and it's like if if you know it's just like but I feel like people are cool about it like enough people will go to band camp and buy some shit you know and yeah like for me and obviously, it's buying records and going to shows so it's like you know but yeah and the people that love your music are going to find other ways to support mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. they are going to buy the records at the show or they're going right. to buy the t-shirts and uh right if you do have control over your merch, you can really make a hustle off of that, which is right. Which is great. If you can, you know, build a community that, you know, creates demand for those things for sure. So I was listening to a Freddie Gibbs podcast and he said that when he went on tour with tech nine, they made a hundred thousand dollars every show on merch, which is sort of like insane. I don't know how that's even possible. Well, but how many, like, think about if you if you sold a a, a t shirt for thirty dollars, which would be cheap. Yeah, people sell that for forty. So, like yeah, a hoodie depending for like on seventy. Depending on venues, yeah. I feel like it shifts because there's also venue fees at certain places. You right. Know? That's why you see like the absurd forty dollar t shirts at places like when you go to a stadium show because that markup is mm-hmm. is high, but. If you stole thirty T-shirts or you know some thirty-dollar T-shirts, oh God, we're gonna and you math. sold you know fifty of those, even, I mean Three ten would five. be three hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred, you made you know thirty, fifty T-shirts. Yeah. So, I feel like you can you can make some crazy. Yeah, and if you're playing in places with you know three three thousand people, you know, it's like you got three thousand people there, and you're getting, you know, selling a million fucking hoodies i guess i don't know right but it's funny because i just don't see anybody wearing tech nine shit so i I don't know <laughs> who's buying all the shit yeah you know someone was uh, at someone some point was. so shout out to tech nine <clears throat> need more rap from kansas city <laughs> what you want to play it out with time to work i don't know yeah last, i was thinking time to song. work you know yeah. just play it out with the last track yeah that makes it's a sense. great song i'm super stoked that you uh you suggested came into contact with this one and me too it's 
there's not a lot of records that I want to spend 40 to $50 on, but I feel like I would cool definitely one. make an exception for this. I just think it's a very cool, rad Just know that it's a record. slippery slope it's, once you start spending it's 30 rare. 40 $50. It's a rare record, too, I feel like. Yeah, it's just the shipping. You know? They should, somebody so, should repress uh, this. You know, I've been having trouble thinking about the records that I wanted to propose to you this yeah. time around. What do you, uh, so does that mean you're not going to? No, it just means that I might need a second here. Okay. To look at some things. Nice. Make the listeners wait. There's editing. That's true. I usually like to do that. All right, after that much the long delay, should we make them listen to the whole thing? Just like listen to your DJ? My quote unquote yeah, DJ. Yeah, Spotify. I, changed, I just changed songs. Right. <laughs> We're just going to make everybody listen to that gap of things. Yeah. All right. Solar, a little solar right now for all the Bill Evans lovers. I'm going to hit you with uh, the three albums that you will be choosing from. Yes, sir. And the first one is going to be from a Portland band called Typhoon. And this is a 2010 release. It's called Hunger and Thirst. And... This is one of my favorite albums t- coming out of Portland that um, that came out a couple, I guess, three uh, years before I got there. Is this the one that has that song on it with the music video? That's not the right album. Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know anything about the music videos. So they have a song called Hunger and Thirst, but they also have an album called Hunger and Thirst. Hmm. Tender Loving Empire. Cool, yep. cool, cool. Cool. Okay, okay. What's next? And then we're going to do an album that absolutely blew my little brain open. Your little stupid brain. My little brain. stupid brain when I was that's eight cool. years old or so, and All that's right. Rancid's And Out Come the Wolves. So mid-90s, 1995. So I guess I was 10 when this came out, actually. Is the Operation Ivy? I got the Op Ivy album first, and then this. And out come the wolves. Yeah, man, I, I listened to this record um, countless amount of times, and just something that I would listen to front to back, and then just put it on again, over and over. Some, uh, some totally. fun street skater punk. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. And uh, called, uh, yeah. definitely my my favorite Rancid album, and I have this too on vinyl, and it's very cool because it's on like this red translucent vinyl. Okay, moving on. So Rancid, and now come the Wolves, 1995, and then we're gonna do the record that I think that you will probably pick. And it's uh, Tom Petty, Damn the Torpedoes. Yeah, let's it's do it. the most let's iconic, I guess, of the I need to listen the to Petty records. Again. And I'm gonna pick it not only because it's a great record, but I thought our Steely Dan chat was a lot of fun, and it was because we got to watch that classic albums kind of documentary oh, on it. And there the is one of those for oh, the really? Petty ones. Oh, so yeah. that is a part of your homework if you pick okay. this record. Is you it. have to watch the. The classic albums. And, you know... It's fucking petty, man. Yeah. It's like... It's so good. 
Tom if you Petty's come on, fucking under underrated, honestly. If you come on volume twenty three though, and you trash this, it'll be when you move to LA. This will be <laughs> That's over. It. That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> nah, dude. Yeah, this shit. Petty's like one of the yeah, most dude. influential people for me as far as music and. We'll talk about it, but I'm I'm incredibly grateful. I finally like I got to see him maybe a year or two before he passed, and it the show was incredible. Still, how did he die? Just like medical complications, maybe a heart thing. Is that it? That sounds like a generic assumption. I don't know, man. He accidentally OD'd. That's what I thought. Did he? Yeah, a week after the end of the Hmm. tour. Tom. Anyway, love Petty. We're doing Dan the Torpedoes for Volume Twenty Three, the Michael Jordan episode. Oh yeah, I was like, what? What? Yes, a hundred percent. Volume Twenty Three, and we're gonna talk about one of the goats, Mister Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. And so, if you are following along with this series that we are doing, I would encourage you, listeners, to also watch the uh, classic albums on damn the torpedoes and jimmy Iveen is the producer on this record where where do i watch it and you should be able to maybe find it on classic albums on i guess this is maybe i think you should find it on youtube this no this is not it (laughs) we're gonna find it all right we're gonna find it and uh we're gonna do it damn the torpedoes also, if you haven't seen Running Down a Dream, I think we've mentioned it a few times. Is that the long ass? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Well it's worth, amazing. Now, I know you've seen it. I love but that. If the listeners, that's one of the, my favorite rockumentaries, and I think the one that, I don't know, that one blew, it's like, heavy, opened man. up my life. It's heavy. It's like. You know? you know when you watch something and it changes your life? Yeah. Yeah. Running Down a Dream. I remember when I watched Lords of Dogtown for the first time with you. I was like 12. I was like, that's what I want to be. <laughs> and then I tried to skate, and I just like, it was so bad. Also, when you're coming to town soon, July 25th, Rob's DJing at Produce Row, solo set. That's right. All the vinyl. He'll be playing some killer jams. Beep, and then beep, beep, beep. July 28th is my birthday party at that's Produce right. Row. That's Rob will right. be doing another that's set right. that night. I'll be doing a set. My buddy DJ Sunday Blue will also be there doing a set. It's going to be a party from 6 to 10. So if you want to, you know, geek out on iDig Records fandom, <laughs> find us at Produce Row. That's right. July 25th. A lot of this on And July 28th. And uh, I was going to say something else aside from thanking DistroKid for their continual support and check out the link so you can get 30% off your first year and just always use distro kid because if you're going to get fucked by spotify you might as well at least might make we'll sure that everything was them. uh free yeah. and uh no, that, that no one else is taking your money very cool. in addition to the streaming services so right. tap into that all the links will be in these episode notes killer to get to finally do one of these uh in person i remember what i was going to say mm. when you come through yeah I have not watched that Saddle Creek documentary that oh, I Oh, we should watch it, yeah. And I, and I would love to watch that with you, and maybe we'll do a little bonus episode on I Saddle like Creek. So. I like that. I like that. What's this? This is Sister Nancy. 
You're just going to put on music right before we play it out with uh, Time to Work? From, yeah, just, uh, just for a little, just, just to let okay. them know. Just to breathe a little yeah, just bit? Just to let it breathe. All the links will be in the episode notes, so that's the point. And uh, I don't know about you, Kazo, but I've, I have been to a f- couple real shows. I have not. And it feels fucking that's amazing. Crazy. And I'm so excited that live music seems to be returning. I just got my approval today to go to the Tree Fort Festival. Got my uh, press pass go. for Tree Fort. It's in the fall, right? It's never in been. September? It's in the end of September. I've never That'll been. Be sick. And I'm very excited to uh, go explore that for the first time. So, I've never been either. I've heard it's great. I hope all the listeners are doing quite well out there and they're, they're digging records. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I recommend everyone checks out this Sister Nancy record, too. Very fire. Called One Two. I'm gonna start throwing one. some uh, some reggae records in the mix oh, yeah. into the uh, the selections here. We haven't done a reggae record yet, and I've got a few that I enjoy quite a bit in my collection. I'd love to do this one, man. This sounds very cool. I will check this out. Anyways, until next time. Until next time. We're gonna play We're it gonna out. We're gonna play it out with the last track off this Encavali record from Isabel Antenna. It's called "Time to Work." Time to work. Time to twerk. Love you, cousin. So nice to be here in person with you. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm.